G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. There are three types of relationships that we have in our lives where boundaries are incredibly important at work, in our marriage, and with our children. Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond, and thank you so much for joining me again on Christianity Works. Today we're going to be opening God's Word to discover how to set boundaries in our relationships, not in some selfish way, but in His way. And please do stay tuned, because in just a few minutes, I'll be telling you about the powerful prayer that could be coming your way to help you through whatever you happen to be dealing with in your life, just at the moment. confession to make. I love my work. I really do. This very program, I was up one morning a few weeks ago at about 3am and I started working on this message around 4.15. A chance to pray first, spend some time with the Lord in the cool of the morning, first cup of tea with lemon and no milk the way I like it, followed a little later by a cup of decaf coffee. Something happens when I sit down at my desk before the rest of the world is awake It's special. I open my Bible, I seek out what I think God's wanting me to say today, and off I go at my computer preparing this message. There's nothing better than doing what God made you to do. But there was a time in my life when I had my work completely out of balance. There was a time in my life where I spent so much time at work labouring under this yoke of expectation that it pretty much tore everything that mattered to me apart. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, Bernie, what's changed? You were there at 3am. I mean, that's ridiculous. You're still a workaholic. Yeah, I'll tell you what's changed. On that day, I was preparing this and quite a few other messages. I finished my workday with a telephone conference at 1pm, and then it was off to the gym for some solid exercise, back to have a shower, a quick nap, off to do a few errands, and fresh as a daisy when my wife came home at 5pm. Okay, it's not quite your conventional working day, but you know what? It works brilliantly for me. I'm at my sharpest and my most creative early in the morning. I work generally a 10 to 12 hour day, and yet I fit in the things that matter. I get the rest I need, and I don't spend my whole time working anymore. Why am I sharing this blow-by-blow description of a typical working day of mine with you? Because I want to show you that you can be creative in setting boundaries around your work. Even if you have to work some long hours like I do, I suspect that if you think about it, you can always find ways of working that work for you, rather than ways of working that grind you into the ground. The title of this series of messages is Learning to Set Boundaries. So this week, we're going to look at some relationship boundaries, real rubber-hits-the-road stuff, to help you get the right boundaries happening in your life. Because not all boundaries are good boundaries. Set them too tight, and you end up living a constricted, lonely life. Set them too loose, and you end up being run ragged, your life plundered of the most important things. And nowhere is that more true than in your work. Most, not all, but most of the organisations we work for will suck you dry. 
They'll create cultures of long working hours, of hanging around at work until the boss goes home, just to be seen to be doing the right thing, of taking work home at night, being expected to answer emails at all hours, including on the weekends. In fact, the more connected we've become, the more demands work places on us. And and I know that there are a good many people listening to this today and you're sleep deprived. The stresses and the burdens of work never seem to leave you and you just don't know what to do to set the boundaries. Listen to what God has to say to you today through his words, Psalm 127 verses 1 and 2. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labour in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the guard keeps watch in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives sleep to those whom he loves. So if you're allowing work to plunder your life rather than to fulfil you by enabling you to use your God-given gifts, then it's time to draw a line in the sand. It's time to set up some boundaries. For years, the environmentalists have been talking about sustainable development. And whilst I'm no greenie, clearly sustainable development makes sense. So I'd like to introduce you to the idea of sustainable work practices, an approach to work that says, yeah, it's right to work hard. But no, it's not right for me to work myself into the ground or to allow my boss or my company or, yes, even the ministry I work in to work me into the ground. Listen up. If your workplace is sucking you dry... You have every right, and you should carve out some boundaries. Boundaries that close work out of your private life. Boundaries that protect you and your family from interruptions. Boundaries that give you some rest and some solitude. Boundaries that allow you to switch off. Boundaries that allow you to take some holidays at times that matter to you. Okay, it'll never be a perfect world, but you weren't made by God to be run into the ground. I know, I know, you're throwing your hands up in the air and you're saying, well, Bernie, that's a great theory, but that's just not possible in my workplace. Well, you know what? If it isn't, maybe you need to think about changing jobs. Find a job closer to home that pays a little bit less, but buys you back an extra hour or two through a shorter commute. Find a job that's a better fit with your natural skills and God-given gifts so that your stress levels go down. Find a job with a boss who sure has high standards, but who is realistic about what he or she can expect of you. Even when things are hectic, you need to rest. The Bible makes that very point. Exodus chapter 34, verse 21. Six days you shall work, but on the seventh day you shall rest. In ploughing time and in harvest you shall rest. That, by the way, isn't a suggestion from God, it's a command. Even during the peak periods, during ploughing time, during the harvest time, when when people were expected to work hard, God said, rest. So what are you going to do? Are you going to continue being ground into the ground, continuing to risk your family and your health and, and everything that's important to you? Or are you going to set some boundaries? I mean, some real boundaries around your work so that you're working to live, not living to work. I'm Bernie Diamond, and you're listening to Christianity Works. Just as we take this short break, I'd like to remind you that if you have a prayer need, 
we would absolutely love to pray for you. Because the only sort of prayer that the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. Just let that sink in. The only sort of prayer the Bible teaches about is the sort that has powerful results. So if you'd like us to pray with you, in fact, if you'd like our whole prayer community to pray with you, stop by online at PowerfulPrayer.org to share your prayer request. It's completely confidential. Your name won't be displayed. And in fact, while you're there, perhaps you could also pray for one or two others and leave them a word or two of encouragement. You can be such a mighty blessing to so many others by supporting them in this way. The Bible says that the prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. So please, let us pray for you and with you and let's just see what God does, how he intervenes, how he chooses to bless you. That web address again is powerfulprayer.org. All right, let's head back into God's Word to see what else He has for us today. One of the things that I'm terribly conscious of when I talk about marriage is that there are going to be a good many people listening in who've been married for, well, a while. People for whom boundaries have already been set, sometimes with brick walls separating husband and wife. Those brick walls cause isolation and pain. So I can rabbit on about this or that, and and I know that people are wincing because it hurts. I just want you to know that I understand that. So as I prayed and thought about how to tackle this issue of boundaries in marriage, I decided to come at it, not surprisingly, (laughs) from a different perspective. So today I'm going to chat about two things. Firstly, the boundaries we should never, ever set. And secondly, the boundaries of our spouse that we should never, ever cross. In other words, rather than this being about you, it's about your wife or your husband, as the case may be. The big mistake that we make in marriage is that we're always looking at what we can get out of it. How many times have you heard it said that marriage is about 50-50, give and take? Well, that's simply not true. Divorce is about 50-50. Marriage is about 100, 100, 100% given from both sides, plus God's 100% too. The perfect marriage is two imperfect people who just never give up on each other, who never stop giving, who never stop sacrificing, no matter what the other one is doing, good, bad, or indifferent. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 to 8, I know you've probably heard them before. Let's have another listen. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love isn't envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It doesn't insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoings, but it rejoices in the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things because love never ends. And if there's going to be that sort of love in your marriage, then it seems to me that there are three boundaries that you should never set. The first one is the boundary of conditionality. Conditionality is the stuff of the 50-50 marriage. It says, look, I'll bless you, but in return you have to bless me. And if you don't hold up your end of the bargain, I won't hold up my end of the bargain either. See, that's how most marriages work, and that's why most marriages fail. If good works towards my wife are dependent on her good works towards me, then the moment she slips up, I give myself permission to fail her, to punish her, to give her the cold shoulder, whatever. 
when what's really needed in that moment to preserve the marriage, to strengthen the marriage, is for me to behave well when she's having a bad day. And you know what? Vice versa. Did you pick what God said in that scripture verse? Love bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. And it endures all things. If you check out your marriage vows, you'll see that what you promised him or her is your unconditional love, not your conditional love. That means loving your soulmate, even when he or she is behaving badly, even when what they say or do hurts you. It means never, never blurting out, I hate you, I wish I'd never married you. Well, maybe we should get a divorce then. The the sort of love that God has in mind for your marriage is the unconditional sort, the sort that Jesus showed you on the cross by dying for you, even though you and I had rebelled against him. In fact, especially because you and I had rebelled against him. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says this, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Do you get it? The second boundary that you should never set up is the brick wall, the boundary of silence, the boundary of, no, no, I'm not talking to you about this. I'm just not going to talk about it. I'm going to brood over it. I'm going to punish you for it in silence without ever talking about it. Women, sad to say, are particularly good at this sort of boundary. Let me be blunt. It's the wrong boundary and it's in the wrong place. There's a reason that the Bible says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not make room for the devil. It's because if you let issues go on and on and on, things will get worse and worse and worse. In our marriage, I'm absolutely determined to be the one who makes sure that issues are discussed and resolved. I will not let a brick wall grow up between us. If needs be, I'll pull that wall down with my bare bloodied hands brick by brick. Because once the mortar's dry, man, it is so hard to pull that wall down. And the third boundary that we should never set is a boundary around intimacy. Physical and emotional intimacy is a gift from God and it's the glue that holds your marriage together. Take intimacy out of a marriage and the likelihood that the marriage will fall apart escalates exponentially. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 2 to 5. Because of cases of sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. Do not deprive one another except perhaps by agreement for a set time to devote yourselves to prayer and then come together again, so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Sex should never, ever, ever be used as an instrument of power or leverage in a marriage relationship, either by the husband or by the wife. Never. That's not why God gave you this gift. So to recap the three boundaries you should never set up in your marriage, they are boundaries of conditional love instead of unconditional love, brick wall boundaries of not communicating, or boundaries around intimacy ever. Marriage is about 100-100 plus God's 100. Keep giving your 100% no matter what. That's what God's called you to. Love never gives up. So what are some of your soulmate's boundaries you should respect and never cross? In the short time we have left, let me just name two. 
Firstly, let your husband or wife be who God made them to be. Yeah, we're different. Men and women are incredibly different. And each one of us on top of that has different gifts and abilities and weaknesses and limitations. Your lifelong God-given soulmate is not your home improvement subject. Wives, listen to me. Nagging will never, ever change your husband. Blessing him will. Husbands, listen to me. Trying to use your strength to roll over the top of your wife to force her to be what you want her to be will never, ever change your wife for good. But cherishing her will. He is who he is. She is who she is. Bless each other, love each other, look out for each other, make love to each other, and now you're creating a safe environment where the tough issues can be discussed in love. took me a while. But I've stopped trying to change my wife. I realised if I did that, then I'd lose the person I actually fell in love with in the first place. The second boundary that we should never step over in marriage, and it's kind of related to the first, is the boundary of a bit of personal space. We all need that. Men need to disappear into their caves for a while and women need to go out with their girlfriends or spend time with the kids or pot around in their wardrobe or shoe cupboard, whatever it is they do. And if your husband is spending a bit too much time in his man cave, or if your wife is spending a bit too much time out there with her friends, the way to solve that problem isn't to nag them or bludgeon them over the head. The way to solve it is to entice them closer with your love. There's so much more that we could be talking about in your marriage, but we simply don't have the time. So let me encourage you to do this. Talk with your wife or with your husband about the boundaries that matter. 99% of the tension in your marriage is about the boundaries. Start getting those right and the awesome marriage awaits. I'm Bernie Diamond and you're listening to Christianity Works. Life can be hard work some days and as that daily grind just kind of grinds away at us, it's easy to forget that Jesus died and rose again to give us victory. That's why I'd love to send you a short text message of encouragement straight to your phone, just as the Spirit leads, perhaps even when you least expect it. That's what Victory SMS is all about. Roughly every other week, I ask the Lord, what word of encouragement could I give to you today? So if you'd like the occasional bit of encouragement to help you live your life in victory, then head across to victorysms.org and when you do subscribe, you'll immediately receive a free copy of my ebook, Power Unlimited. Thousands of people already have. And the most common response? Oh, that's exactly what I needed to hear today. How did you know that? Thank you so much. It's simply amazing how powerfully the Spirit of God can move through just a short text message. And I'd love to encourage you too to live your life in victory. Again, that web address is victorysms.org. Okay, let's head straight back into the Word of God. I tend to think that bringing up children in this rapidly changing world is just one of the toughest gigs going. I mean, our grandparents and our parents, my generation, we all had to contend with changes in society and the classic generation gap thing. But there's something about this day and age, I think it's just that things are changing so quickly. I was chatting with a friend the other day, just in the few years that smartphones have been around, think of how profoundly things have changed. 
and as information and entertainment from around the world are available in a palm of a child's hand, even before they're old enough to read, well, the influences on them these days are more and more coming from outside the home than in the home. In my day, growing up back in the 1960s, the only real outside influence in our home was the black and white TV, and that was strictly regulated. Our major influences were our parents, our teachers, and our friends. Our teachers structured class time, and back in the day, they were feared and respected. We played with our friends at school, sometimes after school, but then we didn't connect with them again until the next day at school, or perhaps on the weekend. And our parents were around with us the rest of the time. Mothers mostly didn't work, but they stayed at home to raise the children. Well, that's just not the world we live in anymore. It just isn't. And it's no good wishing that we could wind back the clock. The horse has bolted on that one. It's a new world. A world where children are being taught both by their peer group and by the media that it's all about them. That they need to do whatever feels good. That they need to be themselves. That they, that they, that they. You see, children increasingly are less influenced by their parents and more influenced by the world out there. And that, for the most part, is simply not a good thing. So what do you do about it? How how do we help them to grow up whole and mature, to become effective, loving, compassionate, strong, courageous adults who pursue their dreams, who realise their potential, but who love their God and serve their fellow man and woman? How do you actually do that in this day and age? I just want to talk about one boundary today in a parent's relationship with their children and indeed in a child's relationship with his or her parents. Just one boundary that I think is being forgotten to the detriment of our children and to the detriment of society as a whole. But before I get to that, let me say that what I'm talking about here isn't just a problem of the developed Western world, although it is at its most acute there. It's also a growing problem in so-called developing economies where Western influences and affluence are turning traditional families and social structures on their head, where younger people are now travelling away from the home for the first time to chase the big dollars in the city. The problem of how to bring up your children is a global problem. So into that scenario, this this one boundary that I want to speak about is this. It may sound old-fashioned, but but actually it's a piece of wisdom that has stood the test of time. Exodus chapter 20 verse 12, Honour your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You might recognise that as the fifth of the Ten Commandments. It comes just after the first four commandments, which are all about our relationship with God. And it comes just before you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, and you shall not covet your neighbour's wife or possessions. An interesting placement in terms of order of priority. You or I may have put that stuff about murder and adultery and theft before that bit about honouring your parents, or perhaps we may even have left the whole parent thing out of the Ten Commandments altogether. But God, you see, in his wisdom puts the commandment about honouring your parents straight after the four commandments about our relationship with him and before all the other commandments. If I had to point to one prevailing fault in parenting today, it's that we're ignoring the bit where it's our responsibility to teach our children to honour their parents. See, these days, 
Guilty parents who are working long hours lavish gifts and praise and attention on their children to try to absolve themselves of their guilt. They give their kids unfettered internet access to consume all sorts of rubbish. They overpraise them and generally teach them that they are the centre of the universe, which one day, presumably, they're going to learn that they're not the hard way. Saw an interesting article in my local paper the other day reporting a study about parents who overvalue their children, turning them into narcissists. Quote, While parents may think that telling their children that they're more special than others will increase their self-esteem, the group found no evidence of this. Instead, they discovered it was warmth and affection from parents that boosted a child's self-esteem. Parents, listen up. You are not your child's friend. You are not their playmate. Your job is not to spoil them. You're their parent. And, and while they're home with you, in the loving, nurturing environment that you're providing for them, your job is to teach them some of the hard, tough, difficult lessons that they have to learn. Yes, love them. Yes, encourage them. But for Pete's sake, don't teach them by your behaviour that they are the centre of the universe. Set up some chores for them that they have to do, rain, hail or shine, whether they feel like it or not. Enforce some rules, discipline them, and yeah, you know what? Punish them when they transgress the rules. And whatever you do, husband and wife, support one another. Father and mother, you have to support each other in this process. If you disagree on how to discipline your children, have that discussion away in private. In front of your children, however, present a united front so that they learn the most important lesson that you will ever teach them. Honour your father and your mother. See, that tough love will be the greatest gift that you ever give them. It's the most important boundary you will ever set for them. This Christianity Works program is sharing the powerful, practical Word of God with so many people in over 160 countries around the world. But that's only made possible through the generous support of friends just like you. Each dollar that you give today will grow to reach nearly 3,000 people with a gospel message. Incredible! That means that a gift today of just $35 can touch over 100,000 people with the good news of Jesus Christ. So let me encourage you to give a generous tax-deductible gift of support to Christianity Works today, securely online at ChristianityWorks.com or by calling 1-300-722-415. And when you do get in touch, two things. Firstly, don't forget to request your free copy of that life application booklet that I've been telling you about. It's only available for a limited time, so don't miss out. Secondly, we would love to pray for you. Absolutely. Just click on the powerful prayer tile at the bottom of the homepage. Again, that's all at ChristianityWorks.com or give us a call toll free on 1-300-722-415. Hey, thank you so much for your support and for joining me today. I'm Bernie Diamond. I'll catch you again same time next week with another message of God's love, God's grace and God's power for each one of us in Jesus Christ.
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.